Section 70 of Editorials from the Dial Magazine, Volume 66. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The changes in the ideals and practices of literature, which lead critics to question whether it is longer to be entitled a fine art, are of the nature of democracy. No longer do writers form a caste apart, an institution devoted to competition and the production of masterpieces, seeking, like Milton, to leave something so written to aftertimes as they should not willingly let it die. On the contrary, in these days of popular education, everyone writes, or threatens to do so. It measures his success not in length of time, but in extent of space, not by fit audience, though few, extending in a thin line down the centuries, but by the unfit and vast assembly of readers scattered over the whole world, who for a month or a year may be held by the potent charm of a bestseller. Everyone reads, and supplying reading matter to an immense world and voracious public has become a business like supplying it with clothes and food. This public is uneducated in the art of expression. It is primarily interested in subject matter, and writers, subdued to public taste, are no longer devoted to form, seeking subjects that will serve as material for epic, tragedy, or sonnet sequence. On the contrary, they spend their gifts on finding what material will take the public and adopting a form which will serve most directly and powerfully to convey this material to its destination. Now the chief uses which a democracy has for literature are two, education and entertainment. In both respects, it must be admitted, the demands of the public are in an elementary stage. What is wanted in education is a rough general knowledge of the world in which we live, and some data to direct our course sufficiently in it. For entertainment, the mass of men are dependent on appeals to the census, but there is one form of intellectual enjoyment which is widespread, the satisfaction of curiosity, the emotion which is stirred by novelty. The questions which the multitude of readers ask in regard to any writing are, is it true? Is it important? Is it interesting? Our demands for truth to life and for guidance in the efficient conduct of it find satisfaction in that mass of material drawn from the lives of human beings which we call realism, and our demand for interest is best served by that touch of novelty and timelessness which is of the nature of journalism. A term, then, which covers a large part of present-day writing is journalistic realism. The extent to which this term has become applicable in those departments of literature of which formal technique has been most characteristic is obvious in modern drama and poetry. The so-called renaissance of the drama is due to the discovery by Ibsen and his successors that the stage is not limited by technique to a certain prescribed subject matter but may deal effectively with the immediate realities of modern existence. The renaissance of poetry is due to the same discovery. But it is in the novel that the triumph of journalistic realism over technical considerations is most pronounced. The novel form, owing to its hybrid origin and bourgeois history, has never suffered from the obsession of sacrosanctity. Fortunately, perhaps no one has ever known exactly what a novel is. Certain technical principles of plot, character drawing, and background development have been held to constitute a technique of the novel, 
to which the characteristic modern attitude is that of mr wells proclaiming lawrence stern the greatest of english novelists because he is farthest removed from such technique even before the war such books as number five john street children of the dead end and ragged trousered philanthropist were recognized as among the most powerful examples of prose narrative because of their disregard of novelistic conventions they approach infinitely closer to life and lay emphasis with infinitely more exactness upon its overwhelming and tragic facts the war has been given great impetus to such writing to such journalistic novels as mr breitling sees it through and blind alley which have merely a thin convention of fiction and the actual experience of war has given birth to narratives of a reality so stark and terrible that the reinforcement of fiction would be an impertinence the extension of such experience among men instead of its limitation to a professional soldiery finds evidence in the difference between la feo and la debacle to the universalizing of such experience the democratic art of journalistic realism is a witness we remind it once more that literature is a fine art and that as in all education so in the artistic as in all entertainment so in the aesthetic is literature best fitted to serve modern men only the artistic can no longer render this service by devotion to an aristocratic formula of his ancestors of his social equals or of his own indeed it may be questioned whether the greatest literature was not always the unsought result of an unfathomable combination of the maker's soul with that of his fellow-men only whereas in the past it was only the souls of the few who counted to-day it is the soul of democracy at least this is certain the true aesthetic cannot be imposed from without by individual genius or eccentricity nor can it be recovered from the past by study it is more than ever before the immediate result of human need human aspiration human agony it cannot be complete unless it takes account of the experience of the entire race in which for the first time in the world's history the soul of man is tragically one End of section 70